everybody. This is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, February 26th, 2023. Welcome to The Way Radio. The title of the message today is Continue Steadfastly in Prayer, and it's based on Colossians 4, verses 2 through 4. So let's pray, and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to delve into your word today, to preach from your word. And Lord, I just ask that uh, you would touch each heart and mind, uh, bless each spirit that hears this message, and that you would edify us and strengthen us as we learn about prayer today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Colossians 4, 2 through 4. And we will begin there, which says, Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So let's look at uh, verse 2, which says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly, earnest, unwearied, steadfast, continuing prayer. And the point I wanted to make here is that prayer is not escapism. It's not, escapism. It's not a way for us to uh, put our heads in the sand and hide away from the world and avoid the realities of life. It's actually the true reality. It's part of the natural state of a believer. Then it continues, continue steadfastly in prayer. And uh, one of the words that I like to use to explain prayer sometimes is militant, militant prayer, a war footing, the footing of a a soldier uh, heading into battle. So militant prayer, being alert, being awake and aware, living proactively rather than reactively. And I think this has a lot to do with prayer. Uh, One of the ways we don't want to live our lives reactively, reacting to what's being done to us, uh, living at the behest and the control of others. Now, that can be difficult uh, in the times in which we live, because we unfortunately live in the U.S. uh, in a country that is becoming increasingly uh, corrupt as far as our government. There's more and more regulations placed on us. It's not near as bad as many places in the world, but we still need to strive to live proactively where we are making our own choices on how we're going to live our lives, how we're going to take care of our families, how we're going to earn a living with this and pushing back against controls that should not be placed on us by the government. But that's not really the angle that I'm taking here. The point that I wanted to make is we have a better chance of living proactively rather than reactively if we're living prayerfully because we will make decisions based on the will of God and in accordance with the will of God rather than our own will. And those decisions will obviously have a better result and be more fruitful. So by prayer, we can live proactively rather than reactively. Without prayer, we can't even carry out the ministries that the Lord has blessed us with. Every Christian is in ministry, a unique ministry that the Lord has prepared for each one of us. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. 
we find the way, we understand the truth, and we are blessed with true and eternal life in Christ by grace through prayer and communion with him. But notice that it says, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So what that tells us is everything that we do as believers, as we walk with Christ, every good work that we carry out has already been pre-established and pre-ordained by God. So we are, if we're striving to really follow him and be conformed to God, to Christ's image, we are carrying out works that he designated for us before, before the beginning of time. Also, all the promises of God are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and we grasp the promises of God through faithful prayer. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. And one of the things that we can pray for in Christ's name, it says we can go boldly before the before the throne of grace, is the promises of God. There is nothing wrong if you're struggling with something to go to God and to plead with him in Christ's name using the promises that he lays out from us in Scripture because he always fulfills his promises. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication. This is underlined, this next part, for all the saints, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Consider that Paul here is asking Gentiles to intercede in prayer on his behalf. Jews and Gentiles are now, are now one as the body of Christ. And the reason I bring this up is because it took great faith and great strength for Paul to preach to the Gentiles. He was raised a very strict in a very strict Jewish upbringing. He was known as a very learned Jewish scholar, I guess you could say. He actually persecuted the Christian church because he was so convinced that it was against Jewish teaching until he was brought to the truth through a radical encounter with Christ. But here he's actually asking Gentiles to intercede in prayer on his behalf. Or he's asking Gentiles to pray that he can help him take the message to Gentiles. And he, But what this is telling us, and Jews and Gentiles are now one as the body of Christ. We are not separated. The body of Christ is the invisible true church that includes Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians 2, 18 through 19 says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This also brought to mind Psalm 16.3, which is one of my favorite psalms. I love Psalm 16, which says, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. And it should comfort us. It should uh, bring delight to our hearts when we consider true Christian believers that we know friends that we have in the Lord, those that we know are truly in Christ, especially in this time when we're surrounded by so much confusion and apostasy and heresy and so many things that are really ridiculous and contrary to Christ, claim to be Christian, we should delight in true believers that we are blessed to know. 
he continues, being watchful in it. He's talking about being watchful in prayer, meaning to be alert and intent on praying, keeping our eyes open and being aware of what is happening in our lives and the world around us from a Christ-like perspective, keeping our eyes open, being aware of what is happening in our lives and the world around us from a Christian perspective. And then he says, with thanksgiving. Folks, the antidote to fear, anxiety, and worry is a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thanksgiving. An attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude will not pour forth from us without being blessed to understand the gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Meditating on the message and on individual points of the gospel is a powerful method for inspiring gratitude and combating fear and anxiety. I can tell you from my own experiences when I've been in really uh, down times, maybe depressed, struggling with whatever issue, if I meditate on the gospel and individual points of the gospel, it will lift my spirits, praising the Lord, worshiping him thinking about the truths of the gospel will help a believer overcome fear, anxiety, and depression. Isaiah 12, 1 through 6 says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to, to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say on that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This is a song of praise and celebration arising from the truth of the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ that Isaiah was prophesying about. So look at Colossians 4 3 again. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. He says at the same time, pray also for us. Interceding prayer, concern for the body and cause of Christ. This is a major part of the power of the true church. It's not about buildings and entertainment and denominations and popularity on social media. It is about the power of God being manifest through the prayers of the saints for the success of the message of the gospel. That's one of that. That is like the drive, drive the driving point of the spirit of the purpose of the church. And he continues that God may open to us a door for the word, doors opening for opportunity for the gospel to be preached, the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts 14.27 says, And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them, and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And 1 Corinthians 16, 8-9 says, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. You know, I was speaking, speaking to a friend of mine last night that I haven't spoken to for a couple years, 
He used to come uh, to our church when we had our church here in the Boise area. His name's Shane. He now lives down in, in Las Vegas. Just just a great friend. He's really uh, grown so much in the Lord in the years that I've known him. And he was asking me about the, the, the work in Kenya. And you know, the point I made to him is I said, the greatest blessing for me in the trips to Kenya was to preach the gospel and see uh, people's hearts and minds through their eyes just being opened so wide to the message of the gospel and to know that they were hearing things that they've never heard. And the reason that is, is because in a lot of places, and Kenya is one of them, uh, the Christian faith is very confused. It's very influenced by Pentecostalism, Mormonism, Roman Catholicism, and a lot of people there professing Christians, just like so many places in the world now and here in America, have never heard just the true, complete message of the gospel. They, many of the people I remember preaching to in my last trip, I preached on the five solas, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. They were completely unaware of that teaching. And I spent a couple hours just going through each point of that. And I remember just people being so excited about that. That is what we need to be focusing on, especially in these times. If we want to reform the church and get back to true Christian doctrine, focus on things like the five solas. That, that is a concise uh, explanation of the gospel message. So he says that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, the gospel. The gospel is the revelation of the mystery of God and his creation. Jesus Christ and his gospel is the hub around which all creation and history rotates. On the final day, when the darkness and lies of this world are swept away, all eyes will see that every question and problem that man has wrestled with since the beginning of time is answered in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 25 through 27 says, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Christ is the singularity. That at the end of time, everything we've, we've strived for, wondered about, that science and history and, and everything that we, we've strived to figure out as human beings, we will see that it is culminated and answered in him. If you are a Christian, how dear to you is the message of the gospel? How concerned are you and how engaged are you in the cause of the gospel? Consider that a ministry is biblically valid only if it is engaged in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17-19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
folks going on a mission trip and maybe painting a house or feeding people or doing whatever without the message of the gospel does not qualify as a biblical mission trip. The gospel has to be the main point and reason for everything we do in Christian ministry, and it often is not. And then Paul continues, on account of which I am in prison. Paul is imprisoned in Rome because of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles and exposing, exposing the grave errors of the Jews. You can read about that in Acts chapter 22. Paul's imprisonment obviously tested him, yet even in captivity, he sought opportunities for the proclamation of the gospel. In order to remain faithfully strong and steadfast in such conditions, he needed the prayerful support of believers. Matthew Henry, a quote from him says, The people must pray particularly for their ministers and bear them upon their hearts at all times at the throne of grace. That is something very important to remember. Anybody that's engaged in ministry needs prayers and support because it is a very, very hard calling. Colossians 4.4 4 says, That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Paul continues with this, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Now, I don't feel Paul was referring to his ability as a speaker, but to the supreme and eternal aspects of the message he had been called to speak. Paul understood the incredible burden that it is to preach the gospel and the importance of preaching it correctly and according to the, to the will of God. He understood the incredible and blessed burden of proclaiming the very Word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever considered the consequences of error in such a calling and endeavor? of claiming to preach the Word of God, but corrupting it or preaching it erroneously. Much of the modern church takes the Word of God lightly or even views it with contempt. Knowing that it's the Word of God, do you want to take the risk of eliminating parts of it that might not be acceptable or welcome to many modern ears? Topics that could get you arrested or that could make, for which you could be vilified or persecuted? Do you want to take the risk of leaving those out in order to please people rather than pleasing God whose word it is that you're proclaiming? And I'll close with Romans 1, 16 through 17, where Paul answers that question. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. All right. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. Uh, I will be back with a new episode, God willing, next Sunday for The Way Radio. Uh, if you can, please consider visiting our website by going to The Way, the letter R. 122.org. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to the Christian, by going to ChristianPodcastCommunity.org and just for search for the Way Radio in the search field. Uh, I'm no longer, at least at this point, uh, producing videos. 
Uh, I just feel like the podcast needs to be my focus, but there are still videos on YouTube at The Way Ministry Church and on Rumble at The Way, the letter R, 122. Also, if you could prayerfully consider supporting the ministry, I need all the help that we can possibly get to continue the work here and to uh, possibly look at another trip to Kenya. And in the meantime, sending all the teaching materials that we can to Kenya. And you can do that by going to our website at the way, the letter R, 122. Dot .org. All right, God bless you guys. Uh God willing, I will be back here next week same time, same place. Bye-bye.